the formula of Abba Isaac. In Conference 9, Abba Isaac speaks about these different aspects of prayer and the final goal of prayer. And Cassian and his friend Germanus are really thrilled by this. This is a great talk they've received and they feel really uplifted and they've, their minds have been opened and they've been given enthusiastic. Their eagerness for the work of God has increased. So they go back to their cells. Then Conference 10 opens, also by Abba Isaac. And Conference 10 opens in a curious way by describing the anthropomorphic heresy. The heresy of thinking that we can see and imagine God merely in human terms. He begins by talking about the anthropomorphic heresy and he mentions the story of Abbot Serapion. Abbot Serapion was one that was a good old monk but still held, he says, in the grip of this anthropomorphic state of prayer. He was a sincere and a good and holy monk and he was open to discussion with some of the other monks who were talking about this pure prayer, and eventually he was persuaded. He said, okay, I agree, I see what you mean, and I'll pray in this way. So they were praying together in this way, Abbot Serapion and these originous monks, and then in the middle of the prayer, in the middle of the meditation, Abbot Serapion collapses on the ground in a flood of tears. And he cries out, they have taken my God away from me, and I do not know who to pray to anymore. Now, it's a beautiful, touching, poignant moment, and a very expressive one of what we feel. This is actually very similar to what St. John of the Cross describes in the beginning of the Dark Night of the Soul, where he describes the night of the senses, when we have to wean ourselves off certain familiar and consoling types of prayer in order to go deeper. And there will be times where we feel we're losing God or we're losing familiar kinds of prayer. And anyone who's started to meditate while practicing and enriching and consoling other forms of prayer may recognize this experience. That's a very significant little story he drops in there. He understands what it's like. He understands the personal experience of learning to move towards this goal of continuous prayer through purity of heart. So then he comes back to the uh, discussion with Cassian and Germanus and now Germanus says to him, you know, you gave us a great lecture, a great talk on prayer yesterday and uh, we were really excited by that, but you know you didn't tell us how to do it how are we going to do this? Because our experience of prayer is one of endless distraction and confusion and all of these negative states of mind that you're talking about. We are overwhelmed by them. We can't control them. So if we sit there, we, we're just continually failing. We don't know what to do. Now, Abed Isaac responds by saying, I'm very glad that you've raised that question because you are next door to understanding when you know what question to ask. And that is also a very interesting way of putting it. That in other words, he can teach them how to come to this state of pure prayer if they are ready, if they're asking, if they want it, and if they're ready for it. 
Otherwise, he's not going to push it on them. This is a feature of the teaching of this understanding of prayer down the ages. Abbot Isaac goes on to say, I will now share with you a way, a method, of coming to continuous prayer that was taught by the oldest monks of the desert who themselves received it from the apostolic fathers. So just as you might say to your parish priest, well actually, Father, this is a very ancient tradition of prayer. So even then, Abbot Isaac is sort of contextualizing this radically simple and challenging way of prayer by placing it in a historical and theological tradition. He then describes the method of how to lay aside your thoughts. He recommends a particular verse of the Psalms which should be repeated continuously, pondering it, reciting it, saying it continuously in the heart. He calls this in Latin a formula, what John Main refers to as the meditation word or cloud of unknowing, the one little word or the mantra, or in centering prayer, the uh, sacred word. The formula by which the mind can hold itself to this work of purification, of pure attention. And the particular verse he gives, and of course throughout the tradition different schools have recommended different mantras or different formulas. The one that he recommends is, O God, come to my assistance, O Lord, make haste to help me. That was Cassian's mantra. And interestingly, we repeat Cassian's mantra at every celebration of the Divine Office, of the Opus Dei. We can see a very strong, obvious connection here between this prayer of the heart and this other form of prayer that's very important to Benedict. What does he say about the, the formula this, then, is the formula which the mind should unceasingly cling to until, strengthened by the constant use of it in continual meditation, it casts off and renounces the rich and full material of all kinds of thoughts and restricts itself to the poverty of this one verse. By the constant repetition of this single verse, we renounce the rich and ample matter of all kinds of thought. And so we arrive, he says, with ready ease. So in other words, we come very directly into the experience of that first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So he has put his cards on the table he says, this is how I do it. This is what I would recommend in answer to your question. And this is the way, in his experience and in the tradition, to that poverty of spirit. So what are you doing when you say the mantra? You are renouncing thought and coming into poverty of spirit. And so, one who becomes grandly poor a very interesting phrase, grandly poor, by a poverty of this kind, 
will fulfill the saying of the prophet, the poor and the needy shall praise the name of the Lord. And then he says, and indeed what greater or holier poverty can there be than that of the person who knows that he has no defense and no strength of his own and asks for daily help from another's goodness. And as he is aware that every single moment of his life depends on divine assistance and cries to God in prayer. There then follows a long section in which Cassian describes the many states of mind, or some of the many states of mind, that we pass through as we practice this pure prayer, or this way into pure prayer. He says sometimes you're going to really have a great meditation, you're going to feel absolutely floating in heaven and peaceful. Other times you will feel totally bombarded by negative thoughts, uh, you'll feel a complete failure, you know, you'll feel even that God has rejected you, or maybe God isn't even there. So you will go through many states of mind, and in response to each of these states of mind, Abbot Isaac says, return to your word, return to your formula. Because in times of prosperity, you don't want to get complacent. You don't want to try to possess the experience, because the goal is to become poor in spirit and to possess nothing. And similarly, when your meditation is terrible and, and distracted and dry and empty, continue as best you can, of course, to repeat your formula because you need it then. You need it to get through this little bit of a dark night. So Abbot Isaac says, repeat the formula in prosperity and in adversity. He says that this formula embraces all the feelings that the heart could engender. Very important point that. The formula, the mantra, is bringing you to a singular point of total personal unity and simplicity. Nothing in you is wasted. Nothing in you is rejected. Nothing in you can be repressed. Everything has to be put into the blender. And that's what the formula does. It brings together every real or potential state of mind, emotion, memory, and so on. So it is a radically simple work of unification. And yet, this is not a cold and clinical operation. He says, the formula recited in this faith contains the glow of love. Contains the glow of love. And this glow of love is reflected in the humility of the prayer itself. There's nothing more humbling, as we, many of us know, than saying the mantra. Then he says, repeat this verse continually in your breast without ceasing. When you're working, whatever kind of work you're doing, when you're traveling, when you're going to bed, when you're going to the toilet, repeat this saving formula which will both protect and purify you as you go to sleep, when you awake, and you will find as some of you may have done, 
that you repeat it even in your sleep. This is the prayer of the heart. And this is why John Main says, the essential asasis of the Christian life is prayer. If we can understand, first of all, what asasis means of this prayer of the heart, then we have understood this whole tradition. So Cassian and Germanus say, oh, thank you. That's what we were waiting for. Now we know what to do. So they go off with their mantra. And then Cassian says, actually, we discovered, we were so happy to hear this because it was so simple, so direct, and it made sense, but it was much harder than we thought it was going to be. However, we began to see the fruits of this prayer quickly, and especially we saw it in the way we read the scriptures. That the scriptures were thrown open to us with a new clarity we had never known before. We got to the meaning of these scriptures through our own personal experience, not through second-hand reflection. So clearly, these were monks who had learned the scriptures off by heart. The first thing they would have done was to memorize the Psalms and the New Testament. And many of them had the Bible off by heart as well. So these were people who were immersed in scripture. So the first thing that they found reflected the fruits of meditation in this way was their way of reading scripture. And then he ends by saying, so Abbot Isaac brought to a conclusion his second conference on the meaning of prayer, and we were astonished. He gave this to us as a kind of outline for beginners. What's very important to remember is, just as Benedict says, that his rule is a little rule for beginners. So Cassian says, this is an elementary, simple practice for beginners you know, for the inner journey or the spiritual journey. He emphasizes the simplicity of it, the childlikeness of it. He says it's like a child learning the alphabet. They have to learn it by continually repeating how to draw the, the letters. This is the image, the spirit, he uses to describe meditation. Compare that with John Main's insistence of the simplicity of meditation. Simplicity isn't easy, but it is simple. And meditate with children in any of the 29 countries in the world where we're teaching them at the moment, and that meaning of childlike simplicity will become very visible to you. So Cassian says, we're really admired, we were delighted, and we wished to follow as closely as we could this short and simple method. But we have found it harder to do than the way we used to read and pray before. But, he says, it is certain that no one is kept away from perfection of heart by not being able to read. In other words, you could be the most illiterate person in the world, and, but even if you didn't read, and the vast majority of the monks of the desert would have been illiterate, even if you're illiterate, you are not kept away from perfection of heart, this purity of heart, which lies close at hand for everyone, if only they will by constant, 
recitation of this verse, this formula, keep the thoughts of the mind safe and sound towards God. So to keep our whole consciousness turned in this direction. When he says that, it's difficult not to remember the words of Jesus in his teaching on prayer. Set your mind on God's kingdom before everything else and everything else will come to you in due course. There's a lot more to Cassian as a psychologist, as a uh, observer of the inner journey, his systemization of the states of mind that we have to deal with and of the ascetical path. But he puts these two conferences on prayer as the hinge at the center of his great work for, I think, a very good reason. Because for him, all of this is not about speculation or theory, it's about praxis. And when Germanus asked that simple question of Abba Isaac, okay, but how do we do it? That's what Cassian is repeating to us today, and it's what John Main heard when he was in St. Anselm's Monastery School in Washington, D.C. in 1969, and he, he came back to meditation by reading Cassian at that moment, a rather strong moment in his life. And then came to the insight that this was a method, a way of prayer embedded in our monastic tradition, which could be and needed to be shared with the whole church. And uh, that's why we're here.